You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 29 of the God Center Mom podcast, and today I'm chatting with Laura Hale. Laura is the mother of four, and prior to having kids, she describes herself as a business geek. I did a little digging, and she has her MBA from Harvard. Um, I think that's a pretty cool resume feature. She's since her kids are all in school full-time, decided to go back into business and take an entrepreneurial leap, launching a new toy product line, specifically directed to boys. And so this boy mom's ears perked up when I heard about it. The product line is helping boys do more pretend play and less time and have less time in front of a screen. It's also um, teaching them character qualities, specifically grit. And I love how Laura defines it, that it's the courage to show up and do something that matters in your own way, to be okay with failing and trying again, learning and growing. And I feel like Laura is demonstrating grit in taking this leap of faith and starting this new product. And I think all moms have have quite a bit of grit, taking courage to show up each day and doing something that matters in your own unique way. So here we go. Me. Welcome, Laura, to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you so much, Heather, for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. So Laura and I have never met face-to-face, but we have a common friend. And uh, you're where, where do you live, Laura? I, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Which, okay, I was there for a year of my life, and it was like a magical time. It's I, a special place, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, but I can't imagine. So you have a family Tell everyone about your family. I can't imagine having a family in the city. That would be a lot trickier. Yeah. So my husband and I have four kids. I have a 13-year-old son, and then I have three girls um, who are 11, 10, and 7. And we used to live right in San Francisco, and we have since moved south closer to Silicon Valley. So we're in the suburbs, which makes it a little more simple. Yeah. And I think you live near my friend, Jamie. I do. Yeah. Okay. So how did you all meet each other? So Jamie and I met originally through City Church, which was the church we attended in San Francisco. Okay, that's where we used to go. Oh. Yeah. I, and I never met you there. That's how huh. Justin Aaron, probably, because Justin was our small group leader. I saw that on Facebook. Oh, Y'all were goodness. common friends. Yes. Isn't that crazy? So Jacqueline, his wife, and yes. I are very close friends, and she was on the original um, City Church team with us when City Church was a Bible study of like 12 people. Okay, crazy. 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 Small world. Here we are. <laughs> Y'all got great. to hear it, all the connections. So awesome. Yeah, we love City Church. It was such a surprise to go to a city as big as San Francisco and find a great community like that. So it's a great place. Yeah. 
Okay, so you met Jamie and Jeff there, and then when you moved out of the city, y'all reconnected? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Okay, so you said your kid's age, your oldest is 13. Yeah, he's growing up fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have nieces and nephews that are 20 and 19 and 21, and I just feel like that time from 9 to to mid-teens, it's like fast. Mm-hmm. And they change so much. So yeah, much. They really like, do from kids to adults really right really fast mm-hmm. so it's okay. super fun but it is going far too fast yeah tell everyone what was your background before you became a mom so um professionally i've i've always been kind of a business geek my early <laughs> career was in finance in investment banking and private equity investing um and then oh, a lot of big words right <laughs> that's 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 a hard job i mean that's a big i know investment bankers and that's like a Time. I mean, that's a lot of time. You're working a lot of hours. It was a lot of hours. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I joined a startup um, and just fell in love with kind of being on the ground floor of a direct business, which was different for me. Um, I loved that. But then as I had my kids, I decided on a season of staying home with them, which I've been really grateful to have. Um, they're now all in full-time school. So I have found a way that I want to dive back in, which is um, the startup that I'm starting, Generation Grit. Okay. And that is how I found you. My friend Jamie had put a link on Facebook saying, hey, check out my friend's new product line. And okay, it's targeted towards boys. So me, mother of four boys, I was like, ding, 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 totally <laughs> listening. So go ahead and like tell everyone what is the vision? What got you into this Generation Grit? What is it? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, I have three girls also, and I've always loved and appreciated the toys that are available for girls that encourage them to be their best. Um, There's so many things out there right now that are talking about girl power and um, inspiring them and encouraging them. And it's been fantastic. Um, But I've also wondered, well, where are the ones for my son? (laughs) Um, What's going to inspire him to grow up and and live his best adventure? And so um, I decided to launch Generation Grit, which is a collection of characters, each with its own adventure action figure and a a book, a chapter book, and then accessories to um, inspire imaginative play. So when I first saw it, I was like, okay, so it's American Girls for Boys. Like American Girl meets G.I. Joe kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it illegal like to say that in your marketing? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's a it's it's um it's exactly that kind of concept. Old school nineteen sixties G.I. Joe type action figures. Um ours are not military oriented, but that same sort of twelve inch yeah. um figure and then stories that go along and our first story takes place um, in 1943, in during World War II, but it's the main character is a 14-year-old boy who lives in California. And um, so it's about sort of experiencing history through the eyes of a boy who is a little bit older than the boys who will probably play with our toys, but still a boy, not a, a military man. I think that's a great idea just because I know how much my boys look up to you know, their teenage cousins or any really figure who helps out at church with them or in a class, if even more so than an adult who may teach a Sunday school class, if there's a teenager in there or a, mm-hmm. you know, a little yes. bit ahead of them, their eyes are wide open and they're taking in everything that kid does. So uh-huh. I, 
That's awesome. And I love, I looked, you know, I'll, I'll put in the show notes, guys, links to all of her stuff. But I watched a little video that Laura did for her Kickstarter program and I showed my boys and they just thought it was the coolest thing because the action figure comes in this super cool box that's also a part of the play scheme. Like it has a little, you can set it on its, stand it up and open it and it's like a desk and you can turn it on its side and it's like a bed and um, it has all these little accessories and I think that is such a great idea. So when you were thinking of the product, was your son involved? Did you have a team? How did that go? Well, so um, my son is very quick to point out that he is far too old to be interested in my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's actually pretty funny. Um, But I have been watching him play for many years and playing with him for many years. And so definitely his sensibilities with toys has inspired a lot of what's um, happening at Generation Grit. But I've been able to partner with some really wonderful toy designers Um, some in the Bay Area, some in the Midwest, who have decades of experience designing toys. And so I kind of brought my vision for a wholesome action figure story combo, and they brought their decades of experience with design. And um, yeah, that's how we turned out the product. And I love hearing that your boys were excited about it. That just, that makes my day. Oh, they totally were. So, okay, as a mom, like as I'm picturing myself and you know, mine are all still, a lot of them are home, but you know, if I came out of this, yes, I don't have your business background, but I'm wondering like, how long was this process for you? Have you been mulling over this for years or did you just, was this a recent thing and you just got the ball rolling because you already knew a lot of the business stuff? So I've been, it's been floating around in my mind for a couple of years. I've really been working on it for about a year. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then did you already have these connections? Like, I don't know any toy designers. No. <laughs> I mean, I know the Bay Area has a lot of creative people, but how did, yeah. you, connect, how did you connect with those people? You know what? A lot of, of phone calls and pounding the pavement. I had no connections in the toy industry at all. And so it was all new for me. And, and it's been so much fun. Um, I found so many people to work with who are really willing to share all their expertise and have been so generous in this process. I feel really grateful because um, I didn't I didn't know anything when I started, <laughs> other so did, than the vision what I wanted to accomplish. And so, did someone write the book? The book even? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. I um, we have a team of people who worked on structuring the story because one thing that I know for sure. Um, which applies really to all kids, but maybe especially to boys. Boring storybooks are, just don't cut it. Like yeah. boys are not going to just politely finish a book just because you put it in front of them. It needs to be exciting and adventurous. Um, so there's a, a lot of art that goes into making that happen and making an adventure page turning um, while at the same time uh, wholesome and communicating um, some sort of undergirding values that we wanted to communicate. So Um, We had a team that structured the story and then people that wrote it and some editors that edited it. So I'm really happy with how it's turned out. So with this, we kind of skimmed over, but I want to go back to like what you said that there were not products like this for your boys. And I feel like the age group, I don't know if you've mentioned or not, but you're targeting like an 8 to 12 age group. Mm -hmm. There just doesn't seem to be good toys for that age group. And I don't know, is that what you found? Is that what 
another reason thing that motivated you? For sure. Yes. So the conventional wisdom in the toy industry is that once boys hit age eight, the market um, just disappears. If it doesn't plug in and it doesn't have a screen, um, the toy industry considers it a waste of time. Mm. And as a mom, that makes me so sad because I think there's tons of imagination and creativity that happens with boys in those age ranges. So um, my son um, enjoys sort of the classic things like blocks and Legos, of course. And um, he liked superheroes, but you get to a point where you outgrow superheroes a little bit. Um, And I also think there's an interesting dynamic with superheroes. We like them at our house um, because they're often hopeful and um, they have things they need to overcome, even as superheroes. Um, But I had an interesting time um, with my son. I was reading to him one of the Harry Potter books and um, Harry Potter was in, I think, a really tense Quidditch match. And I said to Jack, what do you think is going to happen? This must be really hard for him. And he said, oh, mom, um, it's fine. He'll just whip out his wand and make it all better. And I thought, that's really interesting. Like if the only message that our boys are getting is around in the context of superheroes, that can be pretty discouraging because when you're a regular kid, you don't have a magic wand to whip out when you've got something tough that you're coming up against. Mm. So I thought, gosh, I wish there were more options. Superheroes are great, but when that's the only voice, it's it's concerning. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. So with the name Generation Grit, um, what time went into, I mean, I'm sure like that kind of goes along with the superhero thing. So if you're talking about an average, a normal, a person who doesn't have a superpower, beating the odds, overcoming, uh, I haven't looked up the word grit, but I'm assuming Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my mind when you think of gritty and they just kind of work through it, you know, did you research a long time or did you have in your head, that's what I want to call it? Yeah. So grit, um, to me, means having the courage to show up and do something that matters in your own way. And um, I, I love the idea of inspiring boys to have that. I think one of the saddest things I see sometimes as a mom is when a child is so afraid to fail at something that they sit on the sidelines. And so with Generation Grit, we want our stories to show that it's okay to try sometimes and fail, get back up, try again, learn, grow. Um, those things are okay. And I think sometimes boys in our culture get the message that masculinity means you can't fail. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's good. So in these books, what journey does a character, I mean, okay, I say these books, you're working on right now in your Kickstarter program, you're working on this action figure, Mac, is that his name? Yes. So we're launching with our first character who is Mac Mason. Um, And in his story, uh, he is, as I mentioned, he lives in California and he's an avid baseball player. His cousin William comes over from London to escape the bombings during World War II and is super athletic and all of a sudden very popular with Mac's friends. And it's hard for him. He has to um, uh, figure out how to wrestle with those issues of ego and friendship and kindness. Um, and then in the midst of that, they, the two of them together uncover clues to a fraudulent rations ring that's happening in their town. And they need to solve the mystery to um, basically prevent one of their friends from being falsely accused. So they've got to figure out how to work together amidst this competitive dynamic that they have going on. 
Um, so it's fun. It's it's a fun adventure story. There's um, an epic camping trip involved. There are ciphers and codes, and there's all kinds of fun stuff. But underneath it all, um, it explores the messages of true friendship and um, and grit and overcoming difficulties and kindness and things like that. Very cool. So, what do you need? Like you've started, I you've started this Kickstarter program, and I noticed when I went to look on it. I can purchase this action figure, and if enough people do, you will get the funds to actually go into production. Is that correct? That's exactly right, yes. And there's different options. I mean, you don't have to buy the action figure. You have listed lots of choices. But the goal, then, once it goes in production, is your goal, How many, like, what's your vision from there? So the hope is, if we can fund this first production run, um, we would like to see a whole collection of characters, which we've started developing already, um, oh, but from yeah, from lots of different backgrounds, from different financial means, from different ethnicities, different uh, points in history, um, all different access points for boys to be able to see themselves in the message of Generation Grit. That is very cool. So how many have you worked on so far? So we have three in development right now. Okay. Because I was... I think I was a uh, early teen, maybe twelve, when American Girl came out, and they mm-hmm. had the three, the yes. three, the Samantha, Molly. Oh my goodness, I cannot remember who was. Was it Kirsten? Kirsten, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was it. And I <laughs> and I'm looking, and I'm sitting in my closet here, looking up at my Samantha doll. But, oh wow! Yeah, but that was like so huge. Those three different eras, and you know learning about the Victorian era and I just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I get excited when I think about you kind of revolutionizing this industry because it's hard, like birthdays come up and Christmas comes up and I want to buy my boys toys, but the options are video games. Yes, exactly. And and more Legos and I don't want more Legos. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it would be nice if we had other options, you know, around. And I feel like if we had one for my oldest son, who's eight, I'm confident that the two-year-old even would come around and pretend play with uh-huh. the action figure. So I, I, even though your target is eight to 12, I think if it was in a home where younger children were present, I mean, I'm sure you have like, do not let a child under three Right, small right. Pieces. It does have small pieces, but, <laughs> but I. But your point is right. the 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 target age range um, is also just because those boys can usually read on their own, um, but it doesn't mean that younger kids wouldn't enjoy it. And I'm like <laughs> being the mama for, yeah. He chews on Legos. I mean, yeah. He's <laughs> he's being exposed to small pieces all the time. Yes, we, and we've yes. been fine. We've been fine. Well, this is so so. Exciting. And what do your girls think? Like watching you, I would think you're being a role model to them, launching this and using your giftedness to kind of change the next generation. Do they comment on what you're doing? They're super excited and supportive. Um, they read the books and tell me what they think and give their um, their two cents on, on things we could change, which has actually been really helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're very excited. I, I hope that they're seeing in action um, what it looks like when you try to um, try to use your giftedness and do something 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of a big proponent of that fact. Like you said, you got to stay home with your kids and pour into them. But I also feel like there's this thing moms forget that they're people too. And that if we don't show our kids that we have interests and that we have gifts and that we are using those things God put in us for his glory, that we're doing our kids a disservice in a way, you know? And mm-hmm. it, the fact that you're involving your girls, it's not like you have to say, okay, okay, I'm done being a mom and now I'm going to go do my other thing. Right. Yeah. Like I interviewed a, you know, a writer and she just said, you know, at the dinner table, they would talk through, you know, characters she was trying to develop in her fiction or storylines and just including the family and all of it. It wasn't like she had to have two separate things. So I love, I love introducing you to my listeners as another option of a, self-starter and seeing a need and filling it. I think it's super, super cool. Super cool. So when's your deadline? What's your? July 2nd. Okay. Yeah. So the clock is ticking. (laughs) (laughs) And are you like, has has it been coming in? I mean, are you, how far, (laughs) how close are you to your goal? So, um, yeah, we're getting there. You know, the nice thing is we've had a really positive response from from the people that have seen the Kickstarter and watched the video and gotten a sense for what we're doing. Now the challenge is really to get the word out to more people. Um, our goal is it's really expensive to manufacture toys, so our goal is high. We're, um, our target is $75,000. And if we don't hit that, then we, uh, we get zero and the money goes back to everyone. Um, so it's a, it's a big goal and, um, we'll see if, if moms want this kind of toy for their boys. I, I hope they do. I, th- I think they will. I hope they do. Did you have to do any like surveying beforehand or did you just jump in and, you know? I did a survey. Yes. Okay. Um, in the middle of, um, working on this idea, I did a survey of moms who really value creativity and imaginative play. And the results were, fantastic. And um, overwhelmingly, moms were looking for better options for their sons, particularly um, once they pass kind of age six and seven. When we're, we go to a classical Christian school, and it's a, a huge emphasis on uh, protecting innocence and, you know, kind of a lot of nature studies, a lot of spending out time, time outdoors, and even their school day is shortened. Um, he hasn't gone to school full time yet. He'll, he will next year for third grade. But they're really into preserving that innocence. I think most of the people that go to the school don't play video games, mm-hmm. you know, or have screens or, you know, it's uh, very countercultural. So I know that. that's, I think that's kind of a, a thing that's <laughs> happening. I mean, we have three classical Christian schools here in Dallas and wow. I don't remember that growing up at all. Wow. So, that's really cool. Well, yeah, that like-minded parents there for sure. And I just, you know, I think there's this revolt of our generation of like, why aren't kids outside playing? Don't you remember growing <laughs> up and you just be outside and then you just come home when it's time for dinner? And that's so not how childhood is these days that I think our generation's kind of revolting and saying, no, we want to take it back. We want to let our kids have a childhood and play. Yeah. I remember my mom ringing like this cowbell out the back door <laughs> when we had to come home for dinner. And we were just out exploring the swamps and whatever else was in the back. Yeah. I mean, we had like five acres. I would play in the creek. I mean, mm. by myself, that just, I can't even imagine letting my son, son do that now. I would worry. 
too much, but uh-huh. but it was great. I loved it. So much time to think and pretend play, and it was good. It was really good. Well, Laura, thank you for sharing about Generation Grit on the God Center Mom podcast. I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening. I really do. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing with your podcast, and I feel honored to be a part of it. Well, and if y'all have any questions about her product or um, what she's doing, uh, remember you can always go to godcentermom.com and there'll be the show notes with links and you can always comment uh, and Laura will check it and uh, she can respond back to you or I'll have links to you contacting her directly. So um, thank you again. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.